This is the Chronically Well podcast, episode five, with special guest Shannon Fahey. So I started having symptoms at 16 um, in high school, which is, you know, high school's hard enough anyway. <laughs> and then I was running to the bathroom every hour, sometimes more. And then I went to college and, you know, college was stressful and it got worse. It got so bad and I was getting pain and the frequency was really bad. And so I went to urologist out there about a week before my 21st birthday. And for reference, I'm 25 now. Um, about a week before my 21st birthday, I got diagnosed with interstitial cystitis. Fibromyalgia and interstitial cystitis are often comorbid. So they happen together a lot. Um, that didn't start until grad school. That started while I was in grad school. Um, and oftentimes they say it can be triggered by immense stress or trauma, um, whether it's immense emotional or physical um, or mental or whatever, um, trauma can trigger fibro. I wanna take the stigma away. I wanna, you know, so many people struggle with these things and, and more. Today we're going to talk to Shannon about her struggle with interstitial cystitis, fibromyalgia, anxiety, how being diagnosed young impacted all of those things. She was um, diagnosed just a few days before she left for a trip to Vegas for her 21st birthday. So we talk about that and her amazing perspective on living a good life while being chronically ill. So Shannon is our third chronic illness kick-ass, and I'm so excited for you to hear everything she has to share with you today. So listen up. Hello, everyone. I am here today with Shannon um, she is a wellness blogger, chronic illness blogger. Um, she's over at simplyshenanigans.com, and we're going to give you guys her other handles at the end. But um, I ran into Shannon on Instagram, I think is how we connected. Yeah. And, um, I was just super impressed by her writing and the community that she's started over there. So I'm really excited to be able to interview you today, Shannon. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. I'm so excited too, honestly. This is my first podcast interview, so yay! <laughs> I'm excited. Well, it's part of the launch of my podcast, so it's new stuff <laughs> for both That's of us. Awesome. Um, so Shannon lives in California, so I'm very yeah. jealous of you right now. Where are you <laughs> at in California? Um, I'm about halfway between LA and San Francisco on the coast in a really small town called Atascadero. So um, some people may have heard of San Luis Obispo. Uh, there's a university there, but um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, you know, I'm 20 minutes from the beach and there's wine country and all that stuff. So I love it here. Awesome. Awesome. I'm jealous because there's like a foot of snow outside my house right now. So I've, I've lived in that too. When I lived in Colorado and I, uh, I don't miss that. <laughs> No, I don't think I ever will. I, it's fun for the kids to play in, but um, personally, yeah. I don't. I won't miss that if I ever move. <laughs> so I'm talking like I'm moving. All right, let's. <laughs> we'll get on task here. Sorry, I just am really jealous of California. Okay, just come visit. Um, so I think that we connected on Instagram because we both have interstitial cystitis. Correct. Is that yep. Okay. Um. So, I but. Before we go into illnesses, um, I kind of want to get to know you and let everybody get to know you a little bit better. Um, you're done with school. You said you yeah. just graduated. What did you go to school for? I got my master's in agricultural economics. Wow. Yeah. Um, I did, did that at Colorado State University. As I said, I lived in Colorado. Okay. Um, and I graduated in May with okay. that. Um, I finished it here in California. But um yeah, that was that was a challenge. <laughs> and um, who are all of these animals that I see in your posts? I have a lot of them. So I have my dog Bailey, who is staring at my bedroom door right now because there's a cat on the other side of it. <laughs> um, who is Willie? Who is technically my parents' cat? I'm living with my parents at the moment. Um, just 
getting on my feet with a new job and everything. Yeah. Um, And then she's such a fun little fluffy cat. I love her so much. And then um, the horse is Prancer, who I've had since my senior year of high school. Um, He was my high school and college rodeo horse. And I love him dearly. And now he's just kind of retired and hanging out. Um, I still ride him all the time, but we just don't rope anymore. Um, And (laughs) then I've got... Yeah. And then I've got my parents' dogs who I have Remy and Baloo who are Bernie's mountain dog and an Australian shepherd. And then my dad's two dogs who live just south of here. Um, there's a beagle and a chihuahua named Gracie and Turbo. So a lot of animals. There are like, I always see a different animal on your Instagram. And then I dog sit a lot too. It's kind of a side hustle. And, um, so you'll see those a lot on my Instagram and Facebook, Snapchat, all that stuff. You have a heart for animals, obviously. I love them. Actually, <laughs> one of my degrees, my bachelor's degree is in animal science. So, Aww. yeah. Well, we'll have to talk a little bit about that and your illnesses here in a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you do have interstitial cystitis. Um, I just kind of was curious about how long you've had it. How did you get the diagnosis? It can take people a very long time to get that, get it sometimes. Um, and then what has maybe helped you? Have you gotten things under control? How so? Go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I started having symptoms at 16 um, in high school, which is, you know, high school is hard enough anyway. <laughs> and yeah. then I was running to the bathroom every hour, sometimes more. Um and that was rough, but originally the urologist was like, oh, it's just an overactive bladder. You're fine. Take some meds. We'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I had it under control. Um, and then I went to college and, you know, college is stressful and your you know, alcohol is involved in college. Sure. <laughs> coffee, <laughs> lots of coffee. Yes. Um, because of the and, alcohol. <laughs> yes. yes. And, um, it got worse. It got so bad and I was getting pain and the frequency was really bad. And so I went to urologist out there about a week before my 21st birthday. And for reference, I'm 25 now. Um, about a week before my 21st birthday, I got diagnosed with interstitial cystitis. They gave me the whole IC diet list, which, mm-hmm. you know, no coffee, no alcohol, terrible favorite things in college. <laughs> um, and anyway, uh, and it was a week before my 21st birthday and I was going to Vegas. Mm, um, no. Yeah. So I said, well, no, I'm still drinking. <laughs> yes. So I went to Vegas and it was so bad. I got up about every 10 minutes on the plane ride home from Vegas. It was horrible. The flight attendant thought I was like physically throwing up. Mm. I was not. Um, anyway, so I've had it since symptoms since 16, a diagnosis since 21. Um, 25 now. I had it under control. Um, and then in grad school, it got worse again because of stress and, um, I'd pretty much stopped drinking, but intermittently I'd drink a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now haven't had alcohol in, uh, that's my biggest trigger food. So, um, I haven't had it in almost a year and a half now. So that helps. And then I got some treatments here. I got bladder installations here, which were scary and I didn't like them. Um, but you know, they help a lot for me anyway, and uh, pelvic floor physical therapy. Those have been my two biggest tools in helping this. And then marshmallow root of all things. I take marshmallow root capsules daily. Did it help you? That's impressive. So I got the, um, I had like the bag of like the actual marshmallow root and I would like that. It's so gross. Terrible. And then it it really didn't do anything for me. So I was just like, well, this is dumb. (laughs) I'm not drinking this anymore, but that's cool. But I think that that's, this is a good, this is a good point. This is like good what we're finding here because what worked for you is absolutely stuff that didn't work for me. And I think that's very, um, typical of people with IC. I think that big time. Yeah. Like they think that there's one way to do it because installations, I tried, I think six of them before they were like, okay, it's not working. So we're just going to be done. (laughs) So they didn't work for me, but I think about 50% of people is what I've heard it's worked for. So I'm so glad that was helpful for you. Well, and then other medications and things like that, like Elmeron helps a lot of people and it didn't help me. Yeah. It helps Um, me. Yeah. yeah, So exactly. And there's some people who can tolerate coffee and alcohol really well. And I, can tolerate decaf. <laughs> well, that's good. 
Yeah. At least get the flavor of it. <laughs> yes. I love coffee. Um, but yeah, so that's you, that. you drink a nice substitute. Let's throw that in here. Yeah. Um, you always are posting about that. Can you, if there's anyone watching that has, I see that would like to have an alternative. What is it that you yeah, drink? So I've tried a, a few different alternatives, just like regular herbal tea. Um, mm-hmm. I've tried dandelion root tea, which is a lot of people use as a coffee alternative. Um, that actually made me pee a lot. <laughs> so okay, I didn't, I don't I try that away specifically from that. But what I try or what I use now is a, a coffee substitute called Rasa. Um, it's an adaptogenic coffee alternative. And it's this tiny little company out of Boulder, Colorado, um, owned by a woman named Lopa. And she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, her and just like three other people and they bag it all themselves. And so I drink their, I drink their regular Rasa, which has all sorts of herbs and good stuff in it. And then um, their cacao rasa too, which has this amazing chocolatey smell and a really nice, like subtle chocolatey flavor. Um, and I drink that black, if you will. Um, <laughs> and they have another one that's a coffee uh, rasa blend for people who don't aren't ready to fully kick that coffee or just don't want to, which is fine too. Um, but honestly, like I was super pleasantly surprised when I first tried it that it didn't make my IC flare. Um, it, they even asked the owner, I was like, Oh, do you know what the pH is? Because as you know, like a lot of acidic foods tend to trigger IC flares Mm -hmm. and the pH is around, um, six, which, you know, seven's neutral. So that was awesome. I was so excited and regular coffee. I think the pH is like four. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was very pleasantly surprised with that. And I drink it pretty much every day. Sometimes I go hot chocolate, but pretty much every day. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you found something that works. So you guys got to go try that. I will put in the episode notes, um, a link. Yeah. I'll put your link on there for people so they can. Please do. Yeah. And it is an affiliate link. So if you use that, I'll get a little kickback, but um, I, I drink it every day. So <laughs> let's help Shannon out and help ourselves out. Ditch the coffee, drink something that won't it's hurt. So good though. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also have fibromyalgia. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. That is correct. Um, and can you tell me a little bit about that, how that's impacted your life diagnosis? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, fibromyalgia and interstitial cystitis are often comorbid. So they happen together a lot, um, which makes so much sense <laughs> for me. And, and because it's just, you know, it's, it's a, what fibromyalgia is, is essentially an overactive nervous system. So, um, your nerves are firing at stimuli that's not even there or that's very minimal. Um, so it's a lot of chronic pain. It's a lot of just like, why does my knee hurt for I'm sitting here? Like I'm literally not doing anything. My knee hurts or my shoulders hurt or my back. My back's the biggest one. Um, and then, of course, my bladder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that didn't start until grad school. That started while I was in grad school. Um, and oftentimes they say it can be triggered by immense stress or trauma, mm. um, whether it's immense emotional or physical yeah. um, or mental or whatever. Um, trauma can trigger fibro. And I think that's probably what happened with me. Um, grad school was probably the hardest time in my life. And I was not in a great physical or mental health space. Mm. Um, and so I, I was just in constant pain. I was exhausted. I didn't want to get out of bed. Like functioning was horrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it was rough. That's part of why I came home to finish up and I went on medical leave for a little bit to get it handled. But I saw a rheumatologist here on the central coast who did some tests, um, to rule out lupus or Lyme or any of those other ones that have similar symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, well, symptomatically, you know, this is probably fibro because there's no like chemical test they can do. Right. That's pretty much how they have to do it or the um, pressure point test or a, uh, I'm going to call it a pressure point test because yeah. I can't remember the actual name of it right now. And um, so that's how I got that diagnosis. And that was about a year ago. Um, okay. Yeah. And that it's just really made me kind of reprioritize. So I noticed I get exhausted from doing like normal stuff, like running errands absolutely wipes me out. Um, work 
yeah, it's exhausting, but it's work. So when is it not exhausting? <laughs> right. uh, and I just have to be a little more careful. I have to know like when to rest and when to go have fun. And it's not like you can't have fun with it. It's just kind of prioritizing, okay, what's actually serving me? What is important to me? What do I need to do? And then everything else comes afterwards. Um, and that's okay. I'm a pretty low key person anyway. I'm very much like, a, I'm just going to lay in bed with my dog and read a book or watch Netflix. So um, that's fine with me. Um, yeah. Back in, you know, when in grad school, it was hard because I was going, going, going all the time. And I didn't know it was fibro then, but that's essentially what it was. And um, it was me beating myself up for why can't I do this? Why does everything hurt? Why am I so exhausted all the time? Um, but yeah, I've, I think I have a really good balance going. I'm on some good meds that help me a lot and they help me sleep, which is a big thing. Oh, um, and I take some supplements that really help too. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned your doctor. Do you see like a traditional doctor out there, functional doctor? What kind of physician do you see? Um, I see traditional doctor and that's just, uh, for availability, but also because I don't live in, it's not a big town, you know, it's not a big city. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm only, I'm a few hours from LA, so that's okay. not super convenient. A few yeah. hours from San Francisco too. Um, but he, he was the one who could get me in the earliest <laughs> yeah. and I like him. I'm comfortable with him. Um, Good. and he's, he listens. And I think for me, that's the biggest thing in a doctor is a doctor that like actually listens yes. to you and doesn't just go like, here's all the drugs. Right. Or, Oh no, it's all in your head because you get a lot of, even rheumatologists, even people who like specialize in these things, um, they tend to go, Oh, it's all in your head. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> you for a minute and you tell me if I'm imagining it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I, I, um, looked into some more like naturopathic type medicine. Um, and I just haven't found any that would quite suit my needs. Yeah. So well, it sounds like you're already doing quite a bit of what you would probably be told to do somewhere like that. So yeah. I do a lot of research. <laughs> I can tell <laughs> as a blogger. So let's go ahead and talk about the blog. Um, yeah. why, why did you start and when did you start writing Simply Shenanigans? So um, Simply Shenanigans actually started as, I think it was The Lazy and the Beautiful a few years ago <laughs> back in college. Um, I was obsessed with makeup, like obsessed. All my friends were like, do my makeup for me. And I was like, I'm going to be a beauty blogger. Okay. Being a beauty blogger is exhausting and it's expensive <laughs> and it's really hard. So by all um, makeup. Yeah. That didn't last very long. And so I ended up going more lifestyle with it. Um, and then as grad school started and stuff, I, I didn't stick with it very much. Um, but then a little further into grad school, I started following a lot of like wellness bloggers and food bloggers and that kind of thing. And I was like, you know, this looks like fun. And like, mm-hmm. I really like the creative side of this. I like developing recipes. I like writing. I like sharing my thoughts with people. Yeah. Um, as you can tell. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of when I started, I changed it to simply shenanigans. And then about a year ago, my sister bought the domain name for me um, as a gift because I was dog sitting for her. And so that was like my payment. And she designed my website. I'm going to do a little shameless plug for my sister. Yeah. Lane. She's amazing. She's a graphic designer. And if I'll give you the link for her yeah. website too. Send it to me. We'll put it in the episode notes. That yeah. would be great. Um, yeah. Your website she, is beautifully done. Thank you. I know mm-hmm. she'll appreciate that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, she kind of supported me and it really helped me take it more seriously. And it started out mainly with food and then went into mental health and overall health and um, things that make me happy and things that don't make me happy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Things I'm enjoying or thoughts, random thoughts I had because to me, wellness and blogging don't need to just be about one thing. It doesn't need to just be food or exercise or whatever. It can be all these different things. And so that's kind of the space I'm out with Simply Shenanigans right now, the space I'm in with Simply Shenanigans right now is what's served me, what's serving my readers, 
And it's, it's this idea of life is multifaceted. It's dynamic. Health is dynamic. It's not just vegetables and running. <laughs> it's all sorts of things. So um, I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to talk about um, all of those things. That's awesome. I love that. And that's why I love you. <laughs> it's a holistic <laughs> approach and I love it. Um, so you're, you've kind of already hit on this, but it, you've got things separated into um, food, body, mind, spirit. So you're saying these are kind of part of the whole person. Yeah. Um, why did you choose those specific ones? Just because, sorry, you've already, um, kind of already answered this. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, food, the food one is, pretty self-explanatory. I love food. Like I love food. Um, and I know I like to eat healthy. I like to eat vegetables, even though I just made a little joke about that. <laughs> I do like vegetables. I like They fruit. are included. They're not the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I also really like cake and cookies and sure. fried things and all the foods. Yes. Um, and I don't think food needs to just be like healthy, quote unquote, healthy foods. Um, for them to be healthy because food isn't just serving one purpose in our lives. It's not just food. Like it's not just give, like giving us energy in the form of calories. It's also an emotional thing. It's also sometimes a spiritual thing if it's, you know, religious or whatever. It's food is so much of our lives and our culture these days, all cultures. Um, and it's so important to me. And I love food. So food, and I like, the, I like recipe development. I love food too. So I get it. Um, and recipe development is so good. Can you hear my dog whining? Cause my dog is whining. Bailey, come here. No, I can't hear at all. Okay, good. good. Um, she was whining at me because it's about 30 minutes until her dinner time. Oh, she knows. And yeah. she knows. Um, Anyway, so the food came from the recipe development and that kind of initial thought of like following Instagram food blogger people. And it was going, oh, that seems really cool. Like, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and then the body kind of is in that space as well of like me starting this whole fitness thing. I was running and I was going to the gym all the time and I don't do those things very much anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, I probably should do more, but um, it's just not in the cards for me at the moment. But um, and that's a big part of it, but it's also the chronic illness side. It's also the fibro and the interstitial cystitis and mm-hmm. fatigue and all that, because that's physical too. That's part of your body. And that plays a huge factor. Um, there's a lot of things with your body or even your body image that we can talk about with, with health and wellness too. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want it to just be like, Oh, fitness, the body. No, it's right. all, all facets. All of it. Um, yeah. And then the mental health, which I know you understand mm-hmm. is um, it's with your, your personal career, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's talking about anxiety and depression and mental health and mental illness and um, happiness and, and not happiness and yeah. all these things that I think as a society, we're taking steps towards talking more about and, and taking the stigma away from. Um, but yeah. I want to, I want to help. I want to, move that along too. And I want to be open about it. Um, And then the spirit is kind of everything else. It's what's bringing me joy. What is making my life better? What's making me fulfilled? Um, How am I, you know, how am I prioritizing things, that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's the, the everything else that makes me, me and makes you, you it's, Mm -hmm. it's the spirit. And so that's kind of, like you said, it's a holistic approach and that's what I want to talk about because wellness, health, it's all of those things. Yeah. So I really wanted to talk about that on my blog. I love that. I love that. It makes so much sense. Um, you kind of, you just hit on this a little bit and um, if you feel comfortable talking about it, I know you've mentioned before that anxiety and depression have been um, an issue for you and as someone else with chronic illness, usually that's something that goes along with that. Um, but if you feel comfortable telling me a little bit more about your experience, I would love to hear more about that. Um, kind of, yeah, whatever you, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty open about it. Um, like I said, I, I want to take the stigma away. I want to, 
you know, so many people struggle with these things and, yes. uh, and more. And so I'm, I'm pretty open about it. I'm happy to talk about it. So I've always been a pretty anxious person. And um, as a kid, I had severe separation anxiety from my mom specifically, um, which I obviously didn't see until later on in life. I was like, oh, that's what that was. Um, but I've always been a bit of a perfectionist, a bit of like, oh, it's never enough. It's never good enough. I'm never doing enough. I can always be studying more. I can always be doing more, working more. Oh, I'm not staying as late as that person at work. Oh, no, I'm doing a bad job. That kind of stuff. <laughs> so overthinking everything yeah that's that's how my brain works um and then the depression side of that for me is it's definitely more situational but sometimes it comes about for seemingly no reason so I'll have days where I'll wake up and just go I don't care I don't want to do anything today nothing's going to make me happy even things that always make me happy oh no I don't care I don't want to do that I don't do anything I don't want to leave my bed I don't want to leave my room Mm-hmm. and and then you get those two things together and it's like I'm not going to go anywhere I'm not going to do anything but then I'm like oh crap I'm not doing enough mm. so oh yeah so like, <laughs> that's kind of hard oh, um yeah. but I have that you know I that got really bad in grad school again yeah. <laughs> grad school is really hard for me it um, was really that's hard for me too it's terrible it's the worst time yeah. ever <laughs> it was for yeah and everybody's like oh it's of course it's hard it's grad school and I'm like no 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 <laughs> it wasn't just hard it was not a great time in my life yeah it was. um and so I ended up going to therapy for the first time in my life and um there's I still go all the time I go every two weeks every three weeks something like that awesome. and it's the best decision I ever made um even if I'm in, in good mood that day, it's like, I still need to go to therapy and talk about stuff because I know if I don't, I'm not going to feel great later. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm not going to be able to cope with something later. And so, yeah, I go to therapy. I'm on antidepressants. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm pretty open about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm in such a good place right now, you know, good. my life is, is good, but more than that, I'm able to, to handle if the anxiety does come around. My dog is trying to sit on me. I love <laughs> it. She can be a part of it if she wants. It's cool, Bailey. Oh, she probably <laughs> wants to, um, but she, or she, cool. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of tools through therapy and, and those kinds of things that have really helped me handle like, okay, this is, about of depression like here's how we can help make it either not last as long or go away mm-hmm. um or this is oh um, those are some anxious thoughts like those are intrusive thoughts we just we're gonna okay that's what those are those can go over there now mm-hmm. and just managing those and um yeah it's hard but it's it, you can get through it and it yeah it might be there forever but you can you learn how to handle it you learn how to to make your life better, even with those things as a part of it. Yeah. Um, I spoke to actually interviewed a therapist for this podcast the other day, and we were talking about how we think, yeah, I'm so excited. Um, how we like doctors should hand each patient like a card for a therapist. And you sound like you would definitely second that <laughs> yeah I think I literally I don't care how mentally stable you are I think everybody should come to therapy yes everybody no chronic illness no chronic illness anxiety yeah. no anxiety you need to see one yes yeah um, any tools that you learned from therapy I mean you acknowledging the thoughts um That's a big one. yeah huge um yeah anything else yeah. that you found particularly helpful that someone might find useful yeah breathing <laughs> breathing is a big one I know that sounds like so like oh yeah we breathe no out. that's but what no, the therapist like, said the other day structured breathing mm-hmm. um, I was having a panic attack in grad school of all times mm-hmm. um, your favorite time and yeah my favorite um and I had to call one of their hotlines because I couldn't get out of it mm-hmm. and um they gave me that you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds. And if I feel myself start to spiral, which I'm not much recently or mm-hmm. haven't much recently, um, that's kind of a big, a big awesome. tool for me. Um, and then 
meditation is huge. Um, I don't do it as much as I probably should, but um, it's, it's just helping. It helps you kind of quiet your mind and just let things go. So once you're in that anxious space, you're able to do that a little bit better. Yeah. Um, avoiding caffeine has been big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I still eat chocolate and stuff, which has caffeine, but mm-hmm. um, that's a big one. Enough sleep is another big one, but not too much sleep. Right. Too Those are also happy. my dog who yeah. keeps whining at me. My dog is a big part of my mental. My animals are a big part and making sure like, even if I don't want to, or I feel like I don't have time or I could be doing something else, um, finding that time to do the little things or spend time with my dog, my very whiny dog at the moment. (laughs) I can't Um, hear her. I'm really glad because I can. (laughs) It's probably driving you nuts, but it's not driving any of the rest of us. She is my kid and I love her. Um, But spending time with my animals is a big part of it. Just there's something so calming about animals. So if if people don't have animals, see if you can volunteer or like go sit at an animal shelter because I know like our local animal shelter, they'll let you just like coming out with a cat. Oh yeah. I do it all the time. I bring my kid in and almost leave with a cat every time. Oh oh, yeah. Same here. (laughs) But I I don't have the research study for this, but I have read that it lowers like they've done they've done studies and your blood pressure actually actually lowers as you're petting an animal so it's so cool it's amazing um so you and I have kind of connected on sort of our philosophy about thinking about chronic illness and we both kind of try to focus on wellness as opposed to illness um but what do you wish that the chronic illness community talked less about when you sent me this question, this is probably the hardest question on the list for me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no, don't apologize. It's great. Love critical thinking like this. Yeah. Um, it is so hard because I, I want to be such a positive person, right? I want to be like, oh, you know, maybe it was a bad flare day, but I got to do this or something along those lines. Um, and so initially my thought was, oh, I, wanna, I want people to talk less about the bad things in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought back to when I first was getting diagnosed with things, I didn't know anybody else. I'd never heard of my, of interstitial cystitis. I'd no. never heard of my illness, let alone somebody who's 21 years old. Right. It. It's just like something 80 year olds get that. Yeah. I was like um, somebody who's women had children and yeah. had multiple and I'd not had any, Yeah, not had any, um, but it's, and so that's, that's not the right answer for me, but it is something I want to talk about if that's okay. Yeah, it, please. It is so important, I think, to talk about our hardships, our flares, our struggles, our symptoms, whatever it may be, um, especially so that we know we're not alone, but also so others know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that was the scariest part of getting diagnosed with a chronic illness was feeling like I'm the only 21 year old with a bladder issue. Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? Yes. Um, or with a chronic illness or whatever. And that's not true, obviously, but that's how it feels. And so I think it is so important to talk about those things, but on in the same breath, I think it's just as important not to stay there. Mm. So yeah. like, let's say we need to vent, right? We need to get it out. We need to talk about it. We need to, make sure we know we're not alone. Yeah. Um, But then it's like, okay, but don't, if things start to improve, don't stay there. Like Mm -hmm. let things improve. Mm -hmm. Um, Let your, your emotions improve. Let everything just, it's okay. Um, Also something I really think we need to start saying less of. So actually answering your question. (laughs) (laughs) This is the, you're good. It could be worse. And I put that in quotes for people who are listening on the podcast and not videoing this. Yeah. Um, it could be worse or I'm not sick enough mm-hmm. or I'm too young for this mm-hmm. because I think that so invalidates what we're, each of us is going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel that way about myself all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in severe pain right now. Not right now, right now, but right. like sometimes arbitrarily right now. Gotcha. Um, I'll be like, oh, I'm in so much pain, but I'm still not sick enough to take a sick day or I'm still not sick enough to lay in bed for a few more hours or 
to set a boundary that I really need to be setting for myself. Yeah. So I'm not sick enough in quotes. It, it makes it so you're engaging in more toxic behaviors that are going to make you sicker mm-hmm. or make it worse down the road or make you just so unhappy. And it completely invalidates your struggle and it invalidates the struggle of others. And um, instead of honoring that and respecting that um, and same with the, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Things can literally always be worse. Like no matter what, situation you're in they can literally always do it yeah and so I think that that's I hate that saying because it's like no what I'm going through right now this is real for me this is hard for me yeah exactly exactly and so I think we hear that a lot we say that to ourselves a lot but we also hear that a lot in the chronic illness community of like oh but it could be worse so I just need Mm -hmm. to suck it up and deal with it Mm -hmm. it's like but maybe that's not the healthiest way to do things. Yeah. Maybe that's not the best way to do things. And no, it's okay to struggle. Yeah. Um, but again, don't stay there. Right. That's yeah. my, my two steps on the matter. Great advice. It's great advice. And I think that that's my, that's a dilemma for me a lot of times on Instagram too, because I want people to see, I want them to see the reality of other people and that they're not alone, but I also don't want them to stay there too long either. And let just, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to necessarily be Sally Jones, who's had this for 10 years and is miserable and could be worse. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. And exactly. what you have is real and that's hard. And yeah. Good, exactly. answer. Good answer to the difficult question. Thank you for oh, tackling that. Um, Tell me more about it's okay to not be okay. Um, it's so as I was I'm saying, sorry, like, not be no, it's okay to be okay. I just okay. It. You're so like, what? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know about that. I never said that. It's okay um, to be okay. So, as we've all heard, it's okay to not be okay, mm-hmm. um, which is totally valid too. It's so true. That's something I have to tell myself sometimes. It's okay, like, if you're not okay, mm-hmm. um, but. At the same time, it's totally okay if you are. And and what I mean by that is I think the chronic illness community, but also we as a society, mm-hmm. um, we often kind of glamorize struggle and we glamorize hardship and and being sick or, you know, going through a hard time or what have you. Mm-hmm. I, there's so much honor and glamour and mm-hmm beauty, if you will, in the struggle. And I don't, I, there doesn't have to be like, just because you're okay, just because you're happy, things are going good. Like you just got a raise or you're out on a beautiful walk or whatever. You don't have to be having a hard time mm-hmm. for your feelings to be valid or for your journey to be any more legitimate. It's okay if things are easy. It's okay if you're happy 99% of the time, 100% of the time. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we shouldn't feel guilty because we're in a good place or we're, you know, or it could be worse. You know, we don't have to feel guilty for that. Um, because the, like a good part of life is is knowing when it's good and honoring that and being happy and embracing the happy. Um, life shouldn't all be about struggle and hardship. It, it should be about good things too. I love that. That's kind of my theory on it. Like let's, let's stop making it so like we have to, we feel guilty for feeling good. Like let's just feel good. Let's be okay with that. Right. There is, but I see that too um, in the chronic illness community a lot. Like, if, if you're not miserable, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so I think it's... Totally, no, totally. Yeah. Um, I think it's awesome that you pushed that message. Um, how has creativity helped you with your physical and mental wellness? Um, I think it's helped more with my mental than my physical overall. Um, but, I, you know, they're hand in hand. Um it's an outlet for me. Like I draw, I write, um, I cook. Those are my outlets. Those are my ways of like 
putting either my anxious energy or just my like regular energy out there in the world. Um, and it really helps me. I'm a better writer than I am a speaker. And I think that's all writers, that's true. Sorry, I interrupted you, but I think I that's think you're right. Common. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, it's yeah. terrifying that like, um, I, hate, I hate being on a video. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's my way of, of working through things and getting out there. And, and like I said before with the writing specifically, it's my way of feeling like I'm not alone too. Um, other, you know, other people reading that and going and resonating with something that I've said is super fulfilling and it makes me go, Oh, okay. I'm not crazy. Or, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I like my feelings are valid. And then somebody trying a recipe and going, Oh, okay. That's delicious. How does it have no added sugar? That kind of stuff. Um, that's helped me a lot with my mental illness or mental illness, mental health. <laughs> mental illness. Um, and just feeling more validated, I think, and feeling more comfortable in my own skin um, and more confident in what I have to put out there. Um, and then physically, honestly, like with the chronic illness thing, it's a great distraction. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, like, mm-hmm. um, if you're having a bad symptom day, a bad flare day, it's, it's something to do. It's something that you can't, like, you feel like you can't do anything. It's a great way to just be like, oh, look, I can do this. I can do this. It's empowering. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, what resources do you wish you had had at the beginning of your journey with chronic illness um, that you have now? Um, wish you could just hand on back. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's that knowing I'm not alone, like, Part of what drew me to you and your blog and your Instagram was like, oh my God, somebody else, Aww. another young woman who has interstitial cystitis. Like, Aww. this is so exciting. <laughs> and so you were glad. writing. And, and you were writing so well about it. And, and our experiences, although different, were similar. And it just, I wish I'd had more of that. I don't obviously don't wish this on anybody, but it, mm-hmm. I wish yeah. I'd had more of that network and those that I have a great support system in my family, but having people who get it, mm-hmm. people who, who are going through similar things. So like those chronic illness communities on Facebook and stuff, as, as hard as they can be to be in sometimes, mm-hmm. um, there is also a, a factor of that that is great for me to have because it's me going, okay, like I can share this and somebody's going to understand. Yeah. And um, if I am having a hard time, um, yeah. And so I wish I'd had more of that. I also wish I had more access to research. Um, but like, that's something I just had to find on my own. And that's okay. Like the the first couple doctors I saw about it just didn't have a lot. Like the urologist I see now, I love him dearly. He's great. I've been seeing him for years. But he um, he's always joking around about how like I know more than he does about an official cystitis. And it's because I, and he knows a ton, like he's great at his job. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, sure. But I'll like come in with like little tools and things. And he's like, how do you know this? <laughs> so yeah. um, have, We have a lot more time to focus on <laughs> the research for our disease. And it's just not, it's not taught very much. Yeah. And if at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I, had, I had a doctor tell me, She's like, there's no way you could have chronic illness because, or chronic illness. There's no way you could have interstitial cystitis because it's a chronic illness. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> doesn't make sense. I feel like she needs to go back to school a little bit, but like that was, yeah, that was kind of a norm. Then it was just sort of like, what do you- yeah, I the first GP I saw after my diagnosis, I told them about it, and they never heard of it. Yeah, that was a little disheartening. So just yeah, the, ha, knowing what I know now and having access to the doctors and the resources I have now, like in general, and I, and I mean like articles and papers and communities, those kinds of things, I think mm-hmm. would have been great at 21 years old. Yeah, I'm so sorry you went through that so young. Oh, it's okay. But you're awesome and you're helping people who are also going through it. So um yeah, uh, the, the, the I think we've already kind of hit on that one. 
Um, okay. <laughs> sorry. What is your favorite recipe that you've vlogged about? Or what is one that we can't live without? And I will um, do it if, you, if you've got it on your blog. Yeah. That would be awesome. So I think I have two favorites. And they're both cookies because I have a massive sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of which I make all the time, like almost weekly, <laughs> is my um, banana bread breakfast cookies. Yum. And so they're, if you make them the way that the recipe states, there's no added sugar. So like the chocolate chips I used in that original recipe were 100% cacao. So they don't even have sugar, but you have to like really like dark chocolate for that. I do. Because they I taste like it. it. <laughs> um, but the banana adds the sweetness. So it's just a real pure natural sweetness. They're gluten-free, vegan, all that stuff. Oh yeah. Um, make these. They're amazing. I also, so on that recipe, there's chocolate chips and walnuts are kind of the main like not toppings, but fillings. Gotcha. I don't know if those are the right terms. I don't know. Um, I'm a great food blogger. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but I also do, I do chocolate chips and coconut flakes a lot because the coconut brings in a little more of that sweetness, that natural, no added sugar sweetness. Um, and I tend to use like 85% cacao chocolate chips on a more regular basis. Uh, the 100% cacao ones are pretty expensive. Mm. So... Um, and then along those same lines, I also have a um, zucchini bread cookie, which is also gluten-free and vegan um, and no added sugar either because I use applesauce as kind of the like moist part. Sorry for everybody who hates that word. Um, <laughs> I mean, how else do you say it? Kind there's of literally no other There's so much better. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, man. And, the applesauce brings natural sweetness in too. So I use an unsweetened applesauce. Um, and that's, if you like zucchini bread or banana bread, you're going to like both of these cookies. Um, and yes. And if you want to add sugar, like my sister visited a few weeks ago and asked me to add sugar to them. So I did. I only added about a quarter cup because I didn't want to add much. My she's dog like, is if, freaking out. She's ready to eat. <laughs> yeah, she's hungry. She also might have to go to the bathroom. She can wait a few minutes. Uh, a great mom. Done, Bailey. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if you like zucchini bread or banana bread, you'll like both of these. Add sugar if you need or want to. That's fine. I'd recommend starting at about a quarter cup and then working up from there if you do want to add sugar. But you don't need it. You, you don't need it. I promise. Those are my two favorites. Yum. Okay. So email me the, that link to those as well. And I will. Show notes. They'll be there. You can get baking right away after this episode. Okay, so we're going to end. Bailey's got to go to the bathroom and eat her dinner. So we're going to rapid fire through these. Um, All right, great. Okay, so what is your current mantra? Um, Embrace the gloriousness that you are is kind of my always mantra. I saw it on Pinterest one day and I was like, this is it. This is my mantra. There you go. I love it. Uh, What word do you always misspell? Anything that has double letters in it, um, I never know if it is double letters or not double letters. Um, <laughs> so one word I use at work a lot is amend. And I always think it needs to have two M's, but it doesn't. It doesn't? I was just thinking, it, and it, yeah, I had two M's. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, best movie? This is a hard one. This is another hard one. Um, I would say like drama, Dr. Shivago, or To Kill a Mockingbird, comedy, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, so good. It's on Netflix right now. It is. Mm -hmm. We've been debating showing our son. He's eight. I'm like, is he ready? I think, I think he could be. I think he's ready. I watched it the first time I was like eight or nine. Okay. It's going to happen. Worst movie. Uh, I don't have one. I'm, I have a really bad memory with movies. Um, <laughs> That's fine. I would say, oh, Paranormal Activity. Oh, yeah. No, I can't do scary. So no, nope. that one freaked me out too bad. Even though it wasn't even that good. Like my logic was like, no, this is not a good movie. There's no but way then, that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. But then my, because of the way the cameras were and stuff, I was just like, but this could happen. And it uh, which food do you crave the most that you can't eat or try to limit? Um, I know that you coffee. <laughs> That's an easy one. Coffee. Yeah. Lattes you know, specifically. 
it's it is possible that one day you'll be able to have it again. Just saying. I know. I went like a solid year and a half, close to two years before I had it again. So. And then after that would be wine. Oh, or Dr. Pepper. Oh, Dr. Pepper. I haven't had Dr. Pepper in years. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as let's hit real quick, I know I said rapid fire, but the IC diet, um, I think a lot of people with that are diagnosed, they're handed that list and it's devastating. And they think all of these items, like I'm only going to have blueberries and pears for the rest of my life. I cried. I literally cried Seriously, when I like, Blueberries and pears, like the most boring fruit <laughs> to eat for the rest of it. Just if it's boring, you can eat it. Um, much. Yeah, but you can have a lot of those foods again, right? Except for... Yeah. Okay. Um, I, like I cut out chocolate for a long time. Yeah, me too. I yeah. love chocolate. So I went back to chocolate. Um, then there was like apples I couldn't have for a while. And honestly, I couldn't have them for a while, but now I can. And I eat them every day. Yay. Um, and then <laughs> I really, um, and then, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and not everybody right. has those trigger foods either. So like, and then there's another, another, yeah. And then there's right. another blogger I know of that coffee doesn't affect her at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, ah, jealous. Cause you know, fully caffeinated coffee does affect me if I, have it regularly enough and like lattes even decaf if I have them too frequently um they'll get me but espresso doesn't bother me near as bad as like regular coffee does so you know do you know why because uh, it's less it's less acidic the darker the the bean you've done this research the darker the bean the less acidity Uh, oh yeah Tully's coffee if anyone listening or watching is looking for a low acid coffee Tully's I think you can get it on Amazon but it's like from Seattle they are a low, naturally low acidic bean. I tried that coffee. You didn't work. Not to like band bra- bash it or brand bash it or anything because I, again, everybody's different. Yeah. Um, it made me pee so much and my body was in a ton of pain. Oh no. Okay. So be careful. I had it. Yeah. Sorry. But it's just so different. But you are an example of someone who is able to eat a lot of those foods again. And I like to yeah. debunk that diet for people because I know how bad. there's actually some research coming out too that says that maybe the low acidity or like the high acidity foods aren't necessarily going to be so bad Mm. um i'll find the research and send it to you but i'd be interested uh, i'd be interested because i've done like some research into it too and the body actually breaks turns acidic food into alkaline especially citrus Yeah, I I listened to a podcast actually literally about this exact thing the other day. Yeah, (laughs) Sawbones podcast for anybody listening. There we go. Um, And I was I didn't know that, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, But yeah, it's just know your body, know what triggers you. Like, do an elimination diet if you want to, if that's what works for you, and and then reintroduce those foods because you never know. And then try them again a couple years later or a year later because your body changes and those trigger foods might change. And then rejoice for each thing and then you can have back again. Do a yes. little happy dance because you thought you never eat it again. So, yeah. Sorry for the um, tangent. <laughs> yeah, that was a tangent. Sorry, it was my fault. <laughs> um, favorite quote? Um, can it be my mantra? Embrace the oh, glorious yeah. we'll mess go that back. you are. We'll, we'll, full, we'll full circle back to that one. <laughs> yeah. Embrace the glorious mess that you are. I think that's just... Everybody's a mess, man. Everybody's a mess. And just go with it. Yeah, love it. Um, What are you currently reading? Are you a reader? Yes, I am. And I'm actually, so I'm reading like physically in front of my face reading. um, It's The Devil in the White City about H.H. Holmes. I'm a big true crime fan. Um, So it's based in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, And it's about the like 1980s. 1892 World's Fair in Chicago, the Columbian World's Fair, mm-hmm. um, and H.H. H. Holmes and how those two things interacted, which I love history. I love true crime. Okay. I was about to say I love murder, but that's not accurate or <laughs> um, good. Like reading about uh, it after the fact, you don't like the actual act of it. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm listening I'm listening to a book too, um, like when I'm working and getting ready and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm listening to Mindhunter, which is now a Netflix series too. Ooh. Sounds interesting. True crime, all um, the time. <laughs> I loved. I loved. It. I haven't read 
Mindhunter, but Devil in the White City is a good one. You, I think there's actually, if you live near Chicago, there is a tour you can do where they take you around and show you all of the sites. There's not much left from the World's Fair, um, but like the library, I think, was from it and maybe Pier, obviously. So, okay. Yeah. So there you go. If you're around, <laughs> check that out. Okay. Uh, what creeps you out? Ants. Ants. Of all things, because <laughs> they're everywhere. And they like get in everything. And they're well, so don't you gross. have like are there fire ants in California or is that we do, yeah. Okay. We have fire ants. Those are freaky. Um and then I I hate raccoons. Mm. I hate raccoons. They're cute, but I no. one scared me as a kid and I, I hate them. I don't even think they're cute, really. Baby raccoons are precious. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So, that's what scares me. Freaks me out. Okay. Biggest pet peeve. Chewing with your mouth open. Oh. They're like smacking or smacking gum. Either one, I will freak out. This is a common pet peeve. I've interviewed only a handful of people and every single person has talked about the way people eat. Also people going to work or school or whatever when they're sick. Oh, Um, yes, please. Especially contagious sick. Because there are so many people with like autoimmune deficiencies or who have people at home who don't have strong immune system mm-hmm. um, who can then pass it to them. And they can like, even if it's just a flu or a common cold, like that can cause some serious complications for issues or for people mm-hmm. and, um, or just like make it so they can't go to work for weeks. And that's not cool. Yeah. They're already missing work for other reasons. Exactly. Uh, New Year's resolutions. I was thinking about resolutions. So I, I, I'm a little hesitant to call anything resolution just because it, it feels like things need to be fixed when you say it's a resolution, right? It's like, oh, I need to lose weight because my weight needs to be fixed. No, that's, no, it doesn't. Um, or whatever. But I think mine is, I guess, more of an intention, which I guess is semantics. But um, I want to spend more time outside. I want to spend more time enjoying myself. I also want to get out of my comfort zone because I'm very comfortable in my comfort zone. (laughs) Um, So, and I'm bad about getting outside of it. Also read more books. I love it. Those Mm -hmm. are great. Those are great intentions. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, It's, I guess it's just an attitude thing for me personally, because I know intentions brings about this idea of like, I should be doing something, which Mm -hmm. brings about this idea of guilt and stress. And it doesn't need to be that way. It should be something you want to do. Something positive. I love yeah. it. Um, that's all the questions I have for you, Shannon. Great. Thank you that was so fun. <laughs> much. It was so fun. I have loved just getting to know you through Instagram and through your blog. And I really appreciate everything that you've shared with everyone today. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. This oh my like I said, my first one. And this was awesome. This was Yay. so great. Yeah. Um, so if someone wants to find you, where are the best places that they can go? So my blog is simply shenanigans.com with it simply and then Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N-A-G-I-N-S.com. It's a play on words. Love it. That's, I love it. Um, and then my Facebook and Instagram handles are simply shenanigans. spelled the same. And then I'm on Twitter at S underscore shenanigans. Um, and you can find me any of those places. If you have any questions, want to collaborate, anything like that, just shoot me an email, um, either through my blog or on Instagram. I have my email hooked up there too. Um, and I love to chat with people. So reach out, please. Awesome. Yes, please do find Shannon. She's awesome. And if nothing less, you've got to go find that recipe. You guys click the link for those cookies. I literally eat them for breakfast. Like they're so good. (laughs) And dessert. Sometimes on the same day. Why not for every meal? Because why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Shannon. Well, I'm going to let you um, take your dog outside. Yeah. And Sorry if, if anybody could hear her. I apologize. There was maybe well a short time. span where we heard her, but you know what? She was fine. <laughs> she sounds like a bird when she's upset. It's kind of funny. Oh. Well, thank you so much. You have an amazing evening. Thank you. You too. Yay. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.